I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Okay, everybody, welcome back to It's the Journey. So those who have read who have read my book or been listening for a while know how much I love talking about saying yes to the things we're excited about and how sometimes it's scary and we have to just say yes anyway and and jump into whatever it is we feel pulled toward and getting away from maybe situations that aren't inspiring, aren't motivating, aren't feeding our, our souls. And this morning, I'm excited to have a conversation with Everett Morley, who, like me and so many other people during COVID, took some time to kind of think about the direction she wanted to go and said yes to a lot of fun things and is in the middle right now of her own journey. And she was nice enough to, to come on and share some of those stories with us. So Everett, thank you so much for joining us today. that we connected and I just love your content so much and we get along so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, we reached out and I, I knew you, you look like you're doing fun things. So we connected and, and you were telling me some stories that really resonated with me about how during COVID you, uh, I, I was calling that, I don't know if you got to those episodes, but the grand timeout. Cause like, oh, yes, yes. Cause when you're in a timeout as a kid or you had to go to your room, you had to think about what you did, whether whether you wanted to or not. And yeah. I think COVID, like any other maybe dark time in an individual's life, makes us sit back and think about, mm-hmm. well, am I happy with this or what do I want to do going forward? And and you did some of that soul searching and made some big changes. So let's let's kind of dive into your journey and and uh, what, what's Everett all about. So <laughs> <laughs> What is Everett? <laughs> yes. yes was living in Raleigh, so North Carolina on the East Coast and living up, living it up, you know, millennial generation. I had a nine to five job. I worked in digital marketing and had a boyfriend that I was living with at the time. We actually moved in together during COVID, which some people, you know, could be a mistake or it could have been like, I definitely think everything happens for a reason because that was yeah. kind of the, one of the guiding forces, um, like a big part of the pandemic experience for me. And, you know, was going out with friends on the weekends, things like that, just having a very quote unquote, like pleasurable existence experience. But I've always been a person who just desires deeper meaning from life. And I've always loved helping people. Like that's always been my main goal or like entertaining people, making people laugh, like just being a kind presence in people's life and working in digital marketing. Like it was not as fulfilling, like it just wasn't fulfilling Mm -hmm. um, in the way that I had always imagined my life to be. Because I also had majored in creative writing in college and things like that. And I spent some time traveling after college and really just enjoyed that because meeting people, I think I'm just, I love meeting people one-on-one and just having those, like, even if it's a quick connection, you're like, wow, like that person just changed my life. I had a great conversation with them, things like that. Or you're like, I wonder like how I impacted someone. And so 
I did this for years, you know, working in digital marketing and things after college. And I could tell like, you know, when it's something's in the back of your mind and you're like, it's not right for me. Like this isn't it, you know, the puzzle piece hasn't clicked into place. And so that was always in the back of my mind, even as I was living this pleasurable existence. And so during the pandemic, finally, it was time to take a break, you know, like time out. And I had nowhere else to go, but like inward. So mm-hmm. that's when I finally faced those things that had been encroaching, you know, even up like the year prior to the pandemic, it was like, I could feel it. Like, I really was like, my soul just wants something more meaningful out of life. And during the pandemic, I just all at once, you know, dark night of the soul. And so I ended up like really questioning, like, what do I really want to do? Like, you know, if the world is ending or whatever is going to happen with the world, it's important to actually follow your heart, like follow what you truly want to do. And I realized like, I didn't want to do the job I was doing anymore. I, the relationship, even though it was a great guy, it just wasn't going to work out in the long run. We had different things that we wanted to do in our lives. And I think finally facing that was so important. And also like, I just wanted to get rid, like get rid of, move away from where I was at. Like, so Raleigh, North Carolina, lovely place, but you know, when your, your heart's ready to go move somewhere else. And so I was like, all right, man, like I figured it out kind of like, I figured out this isn't what I want. I know kind of what I want. So I want to keep being able to soul search. And so then I just trusted to be quite honest, like the universe and myself and God, whatever you want to call it, some higher power, your inner knowing. And when I started trusting that and I meditated, I really started to meditate. So I really feel like that was a huge thing because that helped me connect with what I actually wanted. And that just kind of started the ball rolling. Once I decided that I needed to change in these different areas and committed to just making that change, no matter how I had to do it, and then trusting that I'd be able to make the change, it was like, boom, 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 right after the other. Like I was able to like quit. I was able to move, um, broke up with my boyfriend, which was like a very amicable experience. Yeah. Um, and then started on the soul searching journey. So it was really like flipping the page of the book, whole new chapter, like part one, part two. And then I've been going from there doing like just a lot of different things, honestly, like soul searching, doing things that scare me, um, to challenge myself you know, and definitely focusing more on helping other people achieve their dreams and getting outside the box that they may feel that they've been placed in either by society or even just by themselves, you know? So that's where I've been. That's awesome. (laughs) You you hit on a lot of, a lot of fun things that I want to touch on. One of them is, is in both situations, whether it's the, the place you lived and your, you know, your relationship and your job, like they were, they weren't, it wasn't some horrible, terrible situation. It just wasn't what was right for you. It wasn't. And you even mentioned that it was pleasurable. Uh, I I, I heard a long time ago, I I think it was on NPR or something like that. I don't even remember the topic, but those things that like sticks in your head. And the the speaker said, Americans often confuse pleasure with happiness. Mm -hmm. And so they gave an example of like working out. They said, if, mm-hmm. if, if you were working out in like forced labor, breaking rocks, doing really hard work, you'd hate yeah. it and it would be terrible. But we go to the gym, we pay money to work with a trainer or go to the gym or professional athletes put themselves through grueling, hard, difficult yeah. things because it brings them happiness. It's not pleasurable. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, w- that was a good distinction of like, th- 
you you were doing things that were pleasurable, partying, mm-hmm. having fun, whatever you were doing, um, but it maybe wasn't f- like feeding your soul. And so yes. I think that's an important thing for people to think. Things don't have to be painful or horrible to maybe want to mm. walk away from them. Yes. Um, yes. And then also like your job, you're like, it just, you knew it wasn't right. You know, it wasn't mm. um, my, the last episode I did was talking about this Monday versus Friday feeling, you know, if we, no one says, thank God it's Monday. we're we're like we're engineered or trained or groomed or whatever it is to like hate mondays you're supposed to not really like your job but you just got to grind through it you got to do the Mm. the, the, even the grind is this thing you know so like yeah yeah but you saw that that wasn't right for you and then you Mm. you stepped away do you think had you not had covid not had covid but been in that situation uh that, that we were all in the lockdown that you would have looked at your situation the way you did, or would it been easier just to kind of keep, keep going along? I think it would have come to a head eventually, but it would have took a little while longer. I definitely think, yeah. Cause I, I did, I knew it was coming. Like I could feel it, you know, in 2019 and I still kept pushing it to the side. And I think COVID allowed me to finally look at things. It was almost like, I'm, I'm very grateful for the experience of, you know, all the, tumultuous time that COVID was, you know, taking the good out of this, you know, bad experience Mm -hmm. for the entire society, you know, the entire world, um, look for the good in it. And that was the good for me that came out of COVID because I do think eventually I would have, like, I would have definitely wanted to quit the job. Like I would have broke up with a boyfriend, you know, but it might've been at different stages. It might not, probably wouldn't have been all at once. And it would have taken a longer, but probably a few years it would have, you know, a few years saved. So, but yeah, Yeah. but so there's that. (laughs) Well, that's, that got me thinking about this, this trend you're seeing all over, all over the, all over Mm -hmm. social media and LinkedIn about um, quietly quitting where Mm -hmm. you see people that are not happy with their job. They don't feel appreciated. They don't feel like they're making enough money They're It's grinding them down mentally. So they're actively just putting in the bare minimum. And there seems to be two camps about this. You know, there's, there's one side that's cheering them on like, yeah, go you. If you're not appreciated, then just, just do the bare minimum to not get fired. And then there's other people that are criticizing or saying you're lazy or they're stealing or whatever it might be. And like everything in life, there's a partial truth in both of those. And mm-hmm. in, in that if you're, and I've been there, I mean, relationships and jobs and my business for a while, where if, if you, you know, it's not right for you, but you're not ready to move on or you're scared to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're quietly quitting in your job and you're willing to do something that like that for a long, long time, you're probably mm-hmm. doing it in other areas of your life. And I mm-hmm. think that's the danger of that mindset. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, like you, like, so, like some, sometimes a crisis can help pull us out of that mm-hmm. or wake us up. And it sounds like that's what happened for you. Yes. Yeah. I have, I think like when I first heard that term, like the quiet quitting, it was like, what camp am I in? You know, because even when I was wanting, knew I wanted to quit my job, I still was like, now I'm going to put in my best effort. 
And I always like have this weird motto of like quit something before you hate it, you know, because then you're for one, it's just it's sad to work something or be in a situation that you're just despise, you know, and then, you know, you're not going to do the best job. And I think for me, um, because I always like, I'm like, put my best into everything. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, do my best up to the last day. Um, not even for the fact of like, oh, I would want recommend like good recommendations or things. It was just like, no, I just don't want to leave people hanging, you know? And it's like, even though I don't quite vibe with this job, I just, you know, I'm not going to like, just be like, well, F it, you know, and leave like clients hanging and things. But I could see where I wanted to, I focused on the good parts of the job. So like, I really was like, all right, who do I, what do I like best? I like my coworkers, you know? So I really like made sure I spent more time like focusing on the benefits, like, so talking more to my coworkers to try to like take all the good I could out of it, you know, as I was like, all right, this isn't super fulfilling. But I think my situation could be different too in the fact of, it was a still, it was a good job. I just didn't find it super fulfilling. So I think if someone really is like, I hate this drudgery, you could see where they would just be like, you could see the benefit of them just doing, you know, what they need to do and not going super above and beyond. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is fascinating because there's, yeah, there's two sides of every coin, but I think just do with what you can live with yourself at the end of the day. I think like if I had checked out, I would not, I would not feel right about it. Um, but that's just me. You know, other people could be like, I feel better. I can actually have more energy to like spend with my family now, you know? So there's two sides of every coin. Yeah. Well, and I get, I, again, I'm like, I don't think that there's a, like so many things in life, we're always trying to look at what's, which one's uh, right and which one's wrong. I, I think there are situations where someone's in a toxic relationship or toxic job mm -hmm. or any other situation, but they also can't get out for some real valid reasons. You know, they find it, if it's a relationship and they're financially tied to this person and it would, it would devastate there, but yeah, but you also, I think, so I knew for several years before I left my business that I wanted to and I, and I felt myself in a little bit of that situation of this isn't bringing me joy. Mm. And so because it, because it was, it was my business, I was still had a service I needed to provide, but I did my best to find meaning in that as I worked towards being financially able to do what I needed to do. Um, yeah. And I think that's, if you, and, and if you're, if you're, employed and you're not, it's not, you're not self-employed. I think the biggest thing is at least in your mind, have a plan of like, well, what, what is my next thing going to be? And know that in some way you're working toward that, whether in the evening you're studying to like learn to get a certification in some other, I've got friends that like learned how to do coding during COVID and completely went into like different fields. Um, nice. yeah. Or, or, yeah. So yeah, that's, I think, I think the biggest, was it Brian Tracy said that you feel good or bad about your life to the degree you feel you're in control. Ooh, and so nice. yeah. if you, I think it was from the psycho psychology concept, the locus of control. So if, if you feel like you're a victim in your job or your relationship or something else, and that you don't, you're not doing anything to actively improve your situation. Even if it's like a three-year plan, that's, mm. you're just draining your life. You're just kind of running the clock out on your life. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Give me chills. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. 
<laughs> the things that we do in our life, it's not just one area. If you're doing that in your, I mean, I'm sure you know people like in relationships that won't leave a relationship till they know they've found that next person. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even financial. It's just, yeah. they don't want to be alone. Mm. And, and yeah. so they'll, they'll, they'll stay in a relationship uh, while they're actively looking for the next person. They may not full out have an affair, but they mm. at least emotionally want to feel like this is, this is the person I might date if I were to be free. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, 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 and so then they've kind of quietly quit their mm. relationship or quietly yeah. quit their family where they're like, they're maybe they're, they don't, you know, maybe they don't love their not, I'm not talking your, your, your like spouse, but sometimes siblings and aunts and uncle, they're like just mm. putting in the bare minimum, like maybe not returning texts or phone calls and just put, you know, just show, well, all right, I'll show up on the holidays kind of a thing. Like what, what joy in life is there for that? Right. Yes. That's so true. It's like apathy. It's almost like apathy is contagious because if you're endless or depression, you know, if you're kind of down in one area of your life, it kind of just bleeds into everything else. The same way if you are passionate, you know, about your job and then you're like, you just bring the energy into other areas of your life. So yeah, yeah it's a fascinating concept to think well, about and, and that. Then, like, overarches. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I'm thinking about it, like as an em employer's, it's it, this quietly quitting thing isn't just one-sided either. You know, like mm -mm. sometimes you start a job or you start a situation, you start a relationship and everybody's all in and they're excited and they're, you love each other and, yeah. or it's a, if it's a job, you know, they're, they're giving you training and recognition, but then after a while you start taking yeah. that person for granted and you're not putting any effort into them either. So that, yes. that if, if I, I, as an employer was always worried about Am I providing enough mm. for my team? Am, are they challenged? Do they feel like they're growing? Um, am I being grateful so that yeah. I was putting in the effort too? Nice. Like it's not one-sided. <laughs> Give and take. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> during COVID, you talked about, you actually moved in together during COVID. And, yeah. I, and it's, it's so great. These this, this you know, he was a great guy. And it's like, I appreciate mm -hmm. you saying that because sometimes people feel like um, they, they have to demonize the other person or whatever, or demonize, yeah. like, you know, you moved away from where you lived and it was, it was a great place, but it just wasn't for me. And I think that's great. Yeah. And that's when it can be amicable when you can still love or yeah. appreciate the person. It's just not what was for you. Um, so COVID, I know, there were a lot of relationships that really blossomed and bloomed and some that didn't, whether it was parent child or spouses or boyfriends and girlfriends. Um, I think in a smaller way, I see that with couples and vacations. Have you, <laughs> right? Like, wow. have you had that, you've had that experience, like when you travel with someone, you're like, oh man, this person's great. And then you get on a trip together and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Friends, and you're like, oh man, like I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so, like sometimes that that time, that focused time with someone where you don't have other distractions, and that and that doesn't mean again, it doesn't mean that 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 it just means there's a, yeah. a lack of compatibility in some way, and you've got yeah. different relationships for different 
Yes. Situations, I guess. (laughs) This is my friend that I don't vacation. This is my freaking friend that I vacation with. Yeah, things like that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I I think about that. Like, you, the longer you're single, and the more you know yourself. Yeah. Then it becomes clear who you can (laughs) do things with, (laughs) like in a good and a bad way. You like you really really know what you want. Um, Yeah. So what did, what have you uh, so uh, on the on the back side of this? So you talked about um, meditation. Like, mm. what is what is your process for that, and how how has that helped you? So much, honestly, I can truly say that nothing in my life has helped me more than meditation. Like, mm, it was it was incredible. Like, because I think I've always been the person that kind of wants to. I like to solve things quickly. You know, if there's a problem, fix it. You know, kind of deal. But you know, sitting with it is good too. Or kind of like I always like to. Like if I got sick of a city, I would just leave, you know, or if I'm sick of being out, I would just go home, you know? And so it's not running per se. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just denying it to myself. Like I like to just (laughs) be able to solve things, I guess. Like a lot of people I feel can relate to this. And so uh, could not do that in COVID because the city shut down. You know, the gyms were closed. So there was really like you could walk around outside. But other than that, there was no running and especially like living with my boyfriend at the time and like, you know, still having the job. And I was like, there's no like escape even from like this small area just to think. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I just got to make this for myself. So just like lunch breaks. Often I would really just take like the hour lunch break. And I started with 20 minutes of just sitting down with the Headspace app. I got the Headspace app and would do that. And then eventually, like, I love, I, I never thought I'd be the person also that would be good, quote unquote, at meditating or like enjoy it as much as I did, because I do always have more of a, like a very fast paced mind. My mind is just never turning off. Um, or it did before meditation and anxiety always lean towards the edge of anxiety always, you know, running around. And so I was like, no, like, what is the one thing I can change? Cause nothing is going to like, what have I not done before? And what can I do? And so it was meditating. So I did that every single day. And I got to the point where then I would just do YouTube meditations too. Cause I was like, headspace, I kind of want to branch out a little and I would meditate up to two hours. And so if you don't think that you can meditate and you just, just start, that's my advice for anyone who's considering it or anyone who's like, I'm not good at it, you know? Uh, and I would just, focus on my breathing. And then after that, you could do like visualization. So you are thinking a little bit, you're always going to think a little bit. But the point of meditation for me was, and this was so profound, I was like, it's forgiving yourself for thinking or forgiving yourself for doing something that you think, you know, like, I should be better at this. And it was like, no, it's fine. Like, your thoughts are going to come, and they're going to go. And so putting myself in that space of that like forgiveness, like giving yourself grace, like constantly. I don't know. I think that was one of the main game changes of meditation, plus all the other benefits that come with it of just like really quieting your mind and being able to go into that space and you feel so well rested. And I, it really allowed me to take that step back. So like in like disagreements, like, you know, with my ex-boyfriend, it would be like, I was able to take that step back and see things from every angle, which I could, you know, do in the past. But sometimes if you're in the heat of the moment, you know, and I really allowed me to take that step back and everything, even in work and just see things from like this non-judgmental side. 
and just being like weighing the options kind of deal. And so I don't meditate as often as I used to anymore. And I, I really am always telling myself like, please, you know, do it when you can, you know, cause it's so beneficial. But I feel that it's just changed my life in so many like fundamental ways, but also small, subtle ways that I feel like it just made me into, I don't want to say better because I don't think, I don't like saying like, oh, I was better than I was. I think just more evolved, more evolved than I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. More mature for sure. Like, and I always thought I was quite mature, but I think, you know, you can always grow, you can always evolve. So meditation, man, that was a life changer. So I highly recommend that to everybody, everybody. That's, that's so true. Like we're talking about, grow. well, it's, you know, if like, um, if we're not growing, then you're just done. Like, yes, <laughs> so true. Uh, the, I, I wrote about this in my book that like one this uh, I met this entrepreneur guy that that was always doing new things and he was when I met him he was like learning how to fly helicopters and and had, oh, had cool. gone there and um he said I've got a motto that I push myself to which is if you're green you're growing or if you're ripe you're rotten like with a piece of fruit mm. or an avocado like it's like when a avocado is ripe you better eat it right then or the <laughs> next day it's a black pile of mush and so <laughs> you know like we got to uh if you're not if you're not growing then you're you, then you're then you're re- you're you're uh, regressing in some way you're you're not yes. there's no like there's no like staying at a level um yes it was you used to use those phrases several different ways of like talking about stepping back and looking looking mm. at it in multiple perspectives and i for me that was one of the most helpful things about meditation and i'm like you where i, I did it regularly for a long time and then i've gotten <laughs> i've gotten out of the habit and so like yeah. it is by the third time in the last week or two that i've been reminded that i need to do it so i need to, to get back into <laughs> nice. it but that that witnessing, witnessing your thoughts and witnessing your emotions is so powerful. Um, There's one yeah. meditation I did, uh, Ken Wilber. I don't know if you've read any of his things. No, I'm going to look him up. Ken you Wilber. I would like some of his works. Yeah, he's oh written a, dozens of books. Um, oh my God, I'm going to look him up. <laughs> in, in one of his meditations, he talks about this constantly being aware of your thoughts. And he talks about how like, you know, it's easy to like look at, you know, this pen and say this pen is not me. It's it's an object mm-hmm. of my awareness. Um but then the closer we get to ourselves, the harder it is to look at ourselves as an object. But then mm-hmm. he's like anything you're aware of is not you. It's it's the object of your awareness. So mm. if as you're meditating, anything that arises can't be you because it's something it's the object of your awareness so he's like i notice the tension in my spine therefore i'm not that tension i'm that which is aware and then just anything you observe and anything you are aware of remind yourself that that's not you and even like i've used that in traffic you know like if someone cuts you off and you're like you get all angry you're like okay this you know this tension or stress is is not me i'm that which is aware of that and it's like instantly feels like it's hold on you let is you know is released yes 
And um, to me, it's like the difference between there's a scratch on the car versus there's a scratch on my new car. <laughs> you know, uh- like, as soon as it's mine, it it, it creates all these uh, emotions and you know attachment. So yeah. that's awesome. So meditation, that, that's a great reminder for, for me and everyone listening. Um, and Headspace was something you really liked. And uh, yeah. you said you found some stuff on YouTube. Another one yeah. I've listened to that you may like is a, is, a, is a program that I bought. It's called I Awake, the letter I and then Awake Technologies. And they make these great soundtracks and it's, it's, it'll sound like, the ocean or rain or something, but behind it are these like these frequencies that help get your mind to, into those, you know, like meditative states. And awesome. when I was doing it regularly with those, I could turn it on and almost instantly I felt like you're in that space between being awake and being asleep. Yes. The liminal. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, did you notice, I want to ask you like, when you were like deep into this, like any difference in your dreaming? Oh, that is such a good question. You know what? The first thing that came, because I've always had very weird dreams, like intense. I always remember them, you know? So I didn't really notice a change in my dreams. I did notice a change and take this, you know, how it resonates, but like in my psychic abilities like extra sensory like my intuition sharpened a lot you know Uh and so and things like that I started reading tarot I got really into more of the spiritual side of things too like esoteric and Uh I realized yeah like it was lots of intuition type of thing so I went down that road and I'm still walking that road and I love that road um I did notice that yeah the psychic abilities were sharper and so much mm-hmm. more connected to things that are like your sixth sense. Yeah. What yeah. about you? What well, about you? Well, I think there's – so and that's something else Ken Wilber talks about is sort of this pre-rational awareness and trans-rational awareness. So rational awareness is like the level of science where like if you look at it mm-hmm. and see it, touch it, measure it, it's it's real. And pre-rational mm-hmm. awareness is is like little magical thinking. Like if I do this rain dance just right, then it'll, <laughs> it'll rain. It'll and the crops will grow, or you can like do voodoo on someone. That's mm. magical, pre-rational thinking before the age, you know, of enlightenment and science. Mm. Yeah, um, transrational is an acknowledgement there are things that are beyond our rational understanding, and mm-hmm. that, but we don't we, we we can't quite measure them, but they're there. And I think yeah, when mm. when we do meditate, we can tune ourselves into higher modes of knowing and but it's it, we don't understand exactly what that is but we've all experienced that thing where you think about you think about someone you haven't talked to in 30 years and then they call you you know or you you think about a song all day long from your childhood and you get in your car and it's on and yes. and, and you oh it's just that was just dumb luck like really i haven't <laughs> i haven't talk to this person in 30 years and they just call me, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what that is either, but that there is something to that. I think the more I, more I meditate, the more I'm in tune with those and and trusting my, my gut on things. Um, One of my first bosses told me this and he, he, he said, he called it this little bird. Oh, cute. (laughs) He was like, when I get this little bird whistling in my head and I start thinking about a client, I call them because every time I don't, 
it feels like within a week they call me and they're upset about something. I got this statement and there's a fee on there and I've been meaning to call you and, and they're like frustrated because they've been stewing about this $25 fee that they didn't understand or whatever it was. And he's yeah. like, whenever I, if I thought about them and I call them, they'll say, ah, your ears must've been burned. I'm so glad you called. And I did that most of my career. And I can't tell you how many times someone said that. Oh, they thanks. I was just thinking about you or I got a question for you. Um, so I don't, I don't know what that is, but I feel like that, mm-hmm. um, just whatever it was, I learned to listen to those things more and those things increased. Um, but then specifically with my dreams, the more I got used to observing my thoughts in meditation, the more I could observe, mm. the more, the more my consciousness was aware in my dreams. And it's not, it wasn't lucid dreaming, which is for, if you're not used to that, that or mm-hmm. don't understand that that's, that's when you're dreaming and you're controlling your dreams and you're like, I'm going to eat all this pizza or whatever it is. <laughs> that's, it's, it's, uh, that's like, you're, you're I'm going to fly. And people talk about lucid. Yeah. I know people that say they can lucid dream and they will just fly and do all these fun things in their dreams. Um, for me, it was, I was in the middle of a dream and whether it was scary or not. And then mm-hmm. my brain would say, oh, this is your dream. And then all of a sudden I got this third person perspective of me and everything else in the dream. And I could change perspectives. And I, I remember one time I was talking to someone and they had a notepad and I thought what they were saying was, was bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't believe what they're telling me. And they were reading off of a, like a yellow legal pad. And I was sitting in my chair, but my consciousness, like, like it wasn't a form. It was like a, just my vision, like went behind that person. And there were just like squiggly lines and stick figures and just like, like, you know, emojis or whatever, all over this yellow pad. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it was bullshit. <laughs> it was like, or so that one, it was like, like, like my consciousness sort of like took over and, but it was still participating in the dream. And other nice. times I've just woken, I've sort of like woken up in the dream and like, oh, you're, mm. you're asleep now. And this is a dream and just watched it, just watched wow. it. Like I was watching television, aware that I'm me aware that there was, I was in asleep. Um, and then the, the, this hasn't happened as many times, but it did happen when I was meditating regularly where my consciousness became aware in a dreamless sleep. So it was just, just blackness, absolute blackness. And I was, it wasn't like I was laying there just with my eyes closed. Um, it was different and I don't know how to describe it other than, I was just in this void and I'm like, you're asleep. And I was just present and I wasn't, I didn't have any sensation of my body. And like when you just close your eyes, you still are aware of your body and your head on the pillow and whatever. There was none of that. It was just, I was just in this empty space. Were you afraid? Was it? No, it was very peaceful. It nice. wasn't like I was – so, yeah, when you say I was in this black void, it sounds scary, but it wasn't because <laughs> wow. I wasn't in the black – I was – it was – that was that was me, whatever I am. I love that. Right? Like I wasn't 
in the middle of a black sea. I, I was, that was just me. You were the black sea. Yeah, I was, I, oh. yeah. So like that, that's, that's just, again, it reminded me like I've gotten distracted with projects and everything. And so I need to, I need to bring that back into my life as like a, as a ritual or habit. So you know, speaking of, are there any other like, um, you know, rituals or tools that you'd like to share um, that have helped you? Yes, I think, well, honestly, getting out in nature, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. That always, and just alone. Like I often do things alone because it just allows you, like going on hikes alone, walks alone, things like that. Uh, of course, it's amazing, like having friends or even strangers, you know, like meeting up with other people. But I often find that I can, I feel closer to people and more connected to the world when I am alone in nature, because it's almost uh -huh. like you're connected to like the souls of everything, you know, um, like, and depending on how spiritual you are, like I definitely like do a form of meditation, like every day where I just talk to my like spirit guides or God, you know, praying, talking to your angels, things like that, just kind of connecting with something that's you're a part of, but is still mm -hmm. like out there, you know? Um, so very spiritual in that sense. And that like, so meditating and things like that has allowed me to just become more um, like openly spiritual and not like ashamed of it, I suppose. Like yeah. trying to hide that part of myself. It's like, you know what? No, like I believe in things that exist out there and I'm going to embrace it. And so embracing that, embracing what feels good in your heart. So I often do like spontaneous things. So like, um, like even if I have a structure for the day, but I'm like, I'm really feeling like going down to the lake and going to an ice cream shop or something like I'll follow those little nudges. And I find that it's almost become like a ritual of doing like random spontaneous things that are aligned with what your heart wants in that moment, because every single time, like hands down, it'll be either like I meet someone to have a great conversation with, or like you see something beautiful, like there's a rainbow, there's just small little joys in those moments where you're not expecting them. So I always follow those and it kind of like reiterates your trust in yourself, like helps you be mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, like I trusted myself. My intuition told me to go here and I did it and it worked out like fantastic, you know? And so I think that's a good practice of helping you just learn to trust your intuition more. Uh, I think yeah. that's another thing everyone should, you know, cultivate, just trusting themselves. Um, because if you trust yourself and I feel like, quite often we don't, we don't trust ourselves. We don't listen to that voice. We're so going, going, going all the time, or we're so inundated like with other people's needs and things that we push our own voice to the side, but like meditating, things like that, doing spontaneous things where you listen to yourself helps you connect with who you are. And I think that's the most beautiful thing that you just said, like you felt you were the void and oh, like, that's what you feel the more like spiritual you become or the more like I walk in nature. It's like, yeah, you feel that you're part of the whole, like you really are. And that's so life-changing because then you become more relaxed, I guess. Like you're accepting of things that happen in your life. So yeah. good and bad, you know, and you're like, it's all part of the process and I'm learning and growing. So I would say those are the most, they're the things I do. Cause I do like change some, like I like doing different things every day, but I think that it's like consistently doing something new mm -hmm. or things that scare you. Um, because I did do, that's why my, 
page is called Life Outside Comfort Zone because that was a way to help me break outside the box. Um, as things started to open up during the pandemic, I was like, all right, I got to get out of this shell that I've you know, become <laughs> or like went into. And I started doing one thing that scared me every day, even if it was so small. Cause at first I literally would just send an email to someone that I didn't want to send and like really was giving me anxiety and things like that, or make a phone call. And then it kind of escalated to doing things like, you know, like going on a long bike ride alone, something like that, that helped my confidence immensely and the ability to trust yourself too. Because if you trust yourself to potentially get embarrassed in a situation or something, and it doesn't, you know, you might get a little bit embarrassed, but you still live through it. Nothing bad really happened. Then right. you're like, oh, well, I can keep going for it. You know, like I am okay. And that like, that constant, like challenging yourself and then realizing, oh my God, I can depend on myself no matter what cultivates that self-trust. So I would recommend, you know, even if it's just once a week, pick a day and you're like, today's the day I'm going to do this thing that scares me. And I mean, heart pounding scares you, you know, so whatever way. And man, watch your life change from that too. Cause ah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love so. that. Yeah. That's so that's cause that's really, that's, I mean, that ties back to the theme of what we were talking about. Just, you you, you, you had something, if, if, if you don't listen to yourself about the little things you want in life, I'd like ice cream. I want to go to the lake. I want to go for a walk. Then you're not going to listen to yourself about the big things. It's like a, it's yes. like a muscle. And I, that was kind of the story I told in, in my book about like when I, when I started and I got, when I got divorced and I moved in, I started saying yes to little things that I wanted to do. Like I decided to build some furniture and that was kind of scary for me because I had never done that before. And like, what if it didn't turn out right or whatever? And I'm like, I'm going to do it anyway. And then I, it really enjoyed it and learned a lot. And then that allowed me to say yes to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then you can, trans, you know, you'll, you'll build, you'll build your skill set. you'll build confidence and momentum that will like you said, t take you in directions you can't even possibly foresee. Like you go to that lake and then you might, you know, meet the next love of your life or you might meet someone that will change your career or just have some insight that yeah. brings you some clarity and peace of mind. So that's, and, and, and like, and if you, again, if you can't do that with little things in your life, you're not going to do it with big things because you're not used to trusting yourself. Yes. With, yeah. Yes. So I love that. Love that. Uh, life outside the comfort zone, right? <laughs> yes. That's, that's so great. Um, well, Everett, this has been so fun. We could probably talk for two more hours, but I, I, I think, I think uh, we hit on some really, really great things here. And I hope that uh, wherever you are, if you've, you know, if you've quietly quit in some area of your life, whether it's your health or your relationship or your job or whatever, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't listen mm -hmm. to people telling you your, your whatever adjective that they're using. Maybe ask yeah. yourself, well, what would you like and how would you like your, li your life to be so that you can start saying yes to those things yeah. and take your life in a whole new direction. So yes, well that's said. what I, yeah, no, I, I hope that, um, Thank you. I hope I hope that that someone that people will take something from this and uh, and yeah. say yes to some bigger small thing in their life. So yes. thank you for sharing your your energy and your stories with us today. Thank you so much. This is so lovely. I knew I was like Carlo is the best. Like, I cannot wait to just have this 
So Everett, where's the, where's the best place for people to find out more about your fun? You've got the greatest fun tips, uh, almost always with a cup of coffee and a great hat. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What a perception. Right. <laughs> I know. I just started with the little coffee cup deal. I was like, this could be my thing. <laughs> it's gone I need one (laughs) (laughs) but yes my TikTok is uh, life outside comfort zone one because the other one was taken I was like (laughs) (laughs) but I'm sure they have a great one too a great account as well but then I also do a lot on Instagram slightly different things I share like inspirational quotes um, more about the fear challenges that I do um, because I still try to do them like on a semi-regular basis and that is just at life outside comfort zone no one on the end got it got it (laughs) you know Yes. And I'm working on a, like a better website. I have a blog, but uh, I'm trying to update that. So well, I'll have that link to both accounts. Um, maybe not TikTok quite yet because um, I need a thousand subscribers, for it, but definitely on my Instagram. It's it'll awesome. be linked. That's where people can find me. Cool. I'll put both of those in the show notes so people can find that and follow Everett. And uh, be motivated and inspired and excited about whatever they're hoping to say yes to in their lives. So Everett, thank thank you so much. I hope you have a great day and I super appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. This is lovely. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, I hope that was helpful for you. I hope you learned something. I want to circle back to a few points that I thought were helpful just to reinforce some of the things I've talked about before. One of them is really knowing what you want, but then also sometimes knowing what you don't want. And it doesn't have to be some big, terrible, horrible, abusive thing. It can just be something that's not lighting you up. And so recognizing that and knowing that it's okay to change. And sometimes it does take a crisis before we change. Um, Not COVID or any other individual situation we might go through. Like in my book, I talk about it was, you know, my, my divorce and the death of my parents. And then that, that initiated all kinds of change for me. And then during COVID, it was another round of change of launching out of my old field and into all the things I'm doing right now. And it was, I'm so grateful that Everett came on and shared her story about how she took a step back and looked at her relationship and looked at where she was living and, and was able to take action to launch away from that into the direction she wanted to go. And so sometimes when we're, we find ourselves in a rough situation, it's maybe we use that as an opportunity to pause. And then in addition to that, she gave us a, a couple other suggestions of of meditating, which has come up many, many times with many of my guests as a, uh, as a way to, to quiet our minds and maybe get some clarity about some things and where we want to go. And then she added to that walks in nature, which sometimes moving meditations are more helpful in general or for specific people, whether it's walking, running, swimming, some moving, repetitive thing that allows you to kind of get into a a bit of a space in your mind where you're not 
actively thinking and maybe you're, you're, you're observing your thoughts and observing your emotions. So again, Everett pointed out uh, Headspace and some, some tracks on YouTube, and I pointed out I Awake. So there's lots of different resources for that. So I encourage you to look into that. I encourage you, if you find yourself in a, in a, in a job or a, a place or a relationship where you really in your heart of hearts know it's not right for you, the person that you're with or the job doesn't have to be a terrible, hurtful, painful thing in order for you to give yourself permission to walk away from that in a whole new direction. So I hope that was helpful. I hope you'll take action on some of those things. I hope you'll look at your own life. And if there's something that you want to move in a different direction on, then maybe this will give you some ideas or courage or inspiration to do that. So thank you so much. I hope you're having a wonderful week and that you enjoy your journey. (laughs) 